hello again. Welcome to Essential Dynamics. I'm your genial and good-looking host, Reed McCollum, and I'm here today with my dear friend and mentor, if you will. The, pers- the uh, perspectives he shows are what this show's all about, and that is Mr. Derek Hudson. Derek, are you there? Reed, I'm here. Really excited to be back once again. I usually say I'm excited, but I have to say it's it's the truth. I'm excited about our guest today. Yeah, it's, I'm excited too to have a guest because I'm just I'm not going to listen. Uh, why don't you introduce our guest to us and tell us why he's important? Well, Dave Bodnerchuk is important for lots of reasons, but what I what I'm interested in talking with Dave about today is his quest, his entrepreneurial quest, because he's. Uh, been in a, a few different related businesses that have had really interesting connections to the pandemic and the, the implications of the pandemic, both good and bad. And so uh, welcome, Dave. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Derek. Hi, Reed. We're glad to have you. I'm, uh, I'm quite impressed with your resume. Let's, let's talk about it. Derek, take it away. So, Dave, the first time we met, you were um, a boring computer consultant. And I was a boring management consultant, uh, but we're both uh, CPAs and CAs. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the real inter- inter- interesting entrepreneurial venture that uh, it's become, you know, really important to you, to you and a lot of people. Yeah, no, I, long and short of it is, is that, you know, my, my, my folks were both entrepreneurs, the subset, though professional entrepreneurs. Um, you know, my, my dad was a hobby farmer. My mom was a, my mom was a lawyer and my dad was a dentist. They are always doing something different in terms of managing their own businesses and that basis. So it kind of came naturally. And I started, I started working with technology back in university and figured the best way to learn about it was to start a small company and then got picked up by uh, uh, one of the things that I had done, got noticed by Apple. So I worked for them for a while. And then uh, one of my mentors said it would be good. Like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's a good idea to have an understanding of the financials. And my dad was always complaining about paying too much tax. So I figured, well, for those two reasons, I'll get started, joined KPMG, spent three years with them in audit, as you alluded to, Derek, and uh, uh, then went on to uh, join Oracle, a part of their team. And it was pretty entrepreneurial company certainly at the time that i joined and we uh, broad team of us grew that business in canada and uh, on the application side for financial applications working with customers like uh, edmonton public school board suncor syncrude epcor um, alcan uh, folks all across the country and all across north america I, I had the privilege of going and having some chats with some of those folks and decided i wanted to get back to my roots as as oracle got bigger and said look i you know, had an idea back in one of the previous entrepreneurial ventures that i did at university which was uh, creating a little piece of software that did a an employment form so that all ca articling students had to fill out this form to get hired so i said well i'll just put it on a macintosh computer and create some software back when there were floppy disks to do that with so that was the very first first piece of software that I did and continued that on to start a company to do uh, what was designed to be kind of online registration that we effectively pivoted into uh, ticketing. We, there was another major life event that, that occurred back in 2008 in North America where I was faced with losing a whole bunch of my customers because we would do it basically uh, – 
um, events for professional planners uh, or office event planners where they would in, send invitations and and register people to attend corporate events. And, and we do a lot of work with the insurance and banking agency. If you remember in 2008, there was uh, there was a bit of a financial crisis that basically took down the, all of North America housing, for lack of a better term. And you know, at that point in time, I had to pivot because most of my uh, business was going. So I had about a nine month runway and made the choice to uh, flip. We had, uh, based on some some volunteer work that I had done with Nate, uh, a young lady had remembered that volunteer work. She says, look, there's a school that's having problems selling, selling tickets for their graduation. Why don't you go and see if you can help them out? And I did, and that turned into a business where we would sell grad tickets for schools all across the country. And, and uh, you know, it was very fortunate in that timing. And, but with good fortune, you know, certainly that came from preparation opportunity. A good friend of mine who was the CEO at Lockerbie and Hold at time said, look, we want to we want to have people pick their seats for our Christmas party, just like you do when you go on, on a plane on WestJet or Canada. And I didn't have an answer for him at that time, but it got me thinking so that when we dealt with that school Spruce Grove comp uh, back in the day, and that was our very first one, we had a solution to that problem. And they started telling other schools and really, really grew that. And then a, a private equity company came out of the U S to uh, uh, say, look, we think this is a good idea. We're doing a parent Parent, uh, parent permission forms. We think that one of your platforms would be a good thing. So they ended up buying that K-12 business and that left me with a, another entrepreneurial venture that I'd started, uh, something called uh, Election Buddy, along with my co-founder. Uh, and we were trying to help out students and schools and then unions got involved and religious groups. And then after completing my transition, uh, an 18-month transition, um, on March 14th, 2020, I remember the day well, because it was a Friday. It was Friday. actually scheduled to be a Saturday that COVID, you know, on, my wife and I laughed because we went to a movie on Friday and the next day they shut down the movie theaters. We went to the Kinsman Fieldhouse to do our workouts. They shut down the Kinsman the next day. So we didn't want to go anywhere else because they figured they just shut down everything and sure they did. Well, when that all those shutdowns occurred, there was a big requirement for member-based organizations, whether you be a professional association, homeowners association, union, university, or religious group to uh, conduct their meetings and the votes within those meetings, you know, that needs a very significant level of integrity to do that virtually as opposed to the paper-based or in-person show of hands or paddles that they were doing. And, and our business grew, the election buddy business grew ninefold. And I, I, you know, you alluded to that, but I was super lucky in terms of the time because if if I was still focused on the old business, there wasn't a whole bunch of graduations that were going on at that point in time. And I wouldn't have, I, I would have been dealing with how to figure that transition out as opposed to uh, very simply just focusing on the massive demand that the requirement that was going on in North America and still is today, right? Like for, for many different kinds of meetings. So we've had some really good luck. Hey, hey Dave, there's a, there's a lot of stuff there and I want to, I want to go back um, and, and understand a little bit of the history. So uh, one thing I wanted to highlight, because the first time I met you uh, was working, you were representing Oracle and I was a consultant for Epcor and they were implementing Oracle. Um, you just have really interesting timing because that was pre Y2K. And oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it, it, this wasn't a surprise, but organizations were, 
working like crazy to make sure that their financial systems were going to work in a year that didn't run off two digit years. Uh, so tell me a little bit about was Y2K a factor in um, that business that you were in at the time? Oh, hundred percent. Right. Like I had a, a manager at the time, a guy out of Toronto, who's fantastic individual, probably one of the better, if not the best salesperson that I'd ever met. Um, and we'd had a bunch of those folks at Oracle, but they had recognized that opportunity early. So this is back in like 1994 saying, look, we're starting to get some rumblings in that basis. And it didn't matter if you were Oracle or SAP or PeopleSoft or JD Edwards, everybody was trying to figure out how to, how to manage that growth and demand. It was like, it was, you know, it's similar to COVID or similar to the 2000, some of the 2008 crisis, or even some of the, you know, the post 2005, some of the things that happened in the various services, but for sure, right? Like people were coming and saying, look, we, we don't want our power systems to shut down. We don't want, we need to be able to build people. What are we going to do? And, and to be fair, a lot of leaders had a fair chunk of foresight and it, it created a demand for those applications. It was, and when you combine that with the whole dot-com boom, Oracle was, Oracle was a very great, great place to be. I, I joined at the time just because I like technology, you know, my experience with Apple and I wanted to get some experience with large systems and, you know, Oracle was a, a very aggressive and dynamic sales company. So it was good. It was great for, for my career growth. And, and a, you know, it was a pretty interesting and fun place to work. We had some fantastic people for sure. Could I jump in here, Dave, as I'm listening to you, I hear you, I hear you talking about for fortuitously uh, at your timing is very good, but it seems like you've careered from career to career and, uh, and with, with purpose, I want to know what your purpose is. I want to know what drives you. That's a good question. You know, honestly, for me, it's in some ways, it's just been about, you know, my mission was always to see whether I could be part of a team that created technology that was used by a lot of people. It was that simple. And, you know, whether it started out, it was, uh, sometimes it was very, seeing very simple ideas that, that, just like I didn't understand why they weren't being done. Maybe it was nativity. Maybe it was just uh, seeing that things, other stuff. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know the answer to that, but certainly, you know, the very first venture I did, I mentioned that little forms product. Well, we sold a whole bunch of those units, like probably 10,000 in the first year. And it was all because of a simple problem or an itch that I had to scratch, which is I didn't want to fill out that form by hand. And I certainly wasn't going to use a manual typewriter at the time. So it's, well, I'll just build a piece of software. And it took me two years to get the license for that. So between, you know, it, it is fortuitous. I've been, I've been super blessed and super fortunate in terms of taking that time of opportunity, but I've always made sure that in my career path that I've leveraged previous experiences. So whether it's, you know, leveraging my Apple experience to join KPMG or leveraging the KPMG audit experience to become a, a application, both pre-sales and post-sales uh, consultant at Oracle, right, on that basis and doing a little bit of both, primarily on the pre-sales side, but but certainly uh, some lots of good post-sales work too, right? Uh, it was always about leverage and then taking that experience and leveraging it into going back to entrepreneurial roots and starting a company again and making every probably every mistake under the sun that could have possibly been made. But, but for me, it was about leverage, right? So, hey, great question, Reed. I just want to go back to Y2K for a second because, you know, we have a very broad demographic of listeners and some of them won't remember 
uh, what Y2K was all about. And we thought the world was going to end when the banks and the airlines couldn't do their uh, calculations after December 31st, 1999, because 99 was going to become zero, zero. Um, so my question, Dave, is, was it was that all that overblown or was just the work just got done to be prepared for the change? Uh, it's probably like any trend. It's a little bit of both, Derek. You know, I, I can, you know, the pragmatic view that I had is I saw some of the systems that were going in and there were some worries, but the reality was, is that the, the really big ones, if as long as there was power and as long as there was water, we were probably going to be okay. And, and my, my pragmatic approach, I remember that night very well is because we were going out to a friend's function out in Kananaskis. And I'm like, well, as long as I got, as long as I got enough gas in the car and a water for three days, somebody will figure this out if it's really, really, really that bad. So you know, it's, it's like anything, there was demand that was created, but there was some, you know, with some of that stuff, it, I, I think the real issues that people just didn't know, and there was that fear of the unknown as yeah. to what was going to occur. Well, you know, I, I'm thinking about it because I was a little disappointed that nothing happened. I was also relieved. I was chief financial officer of a company at the time and, you know, everything worked when we went back to work after Christmas. So I was, I was glad about that. Um, but the disaster that we were expecting didn't happen, but we still got a disaster. We just had to wait another 20 years. Yeah, well, it was, and arguably there was a big dot-com crash three months later, right? Because once right. that demand that demand and there was some cyclical force with Y2K ending, you know, overhyped and over uh, amplified stocks for some of that delivery of the dot-com that weren't delivering that promise that we did get a, get, get a crash. It was just different than what any analyst had predicted, right? Or the majority, I should say. So, so I do want to highlight, though, that in your journey, you were in, uh, like, you were heavily concentrated in financial institutions. Uh, it sounded like, anyway, big companies, helping them with their events. And then 2008 hit, and uh, those parties got canceled, right? They're just done. There was no travel. There was no, there was no meetings. There was no budget. You know, I had one guy say, look, you know, we bought your stuff already. So we're going to use it for the next 12 months. Cause we paid you, but I will guarantee you if it's choice between cutting extensional expenses and uh, keeping our bank up, I know what we're picking. Right. And li literally those folks were that matter of fact. So there was no choice. Like it was, and it was pretty like we had spent some time down in Phoenix at that point in time. And it was, I can remember going through a neighborhood in 2008. It was like the aftermath of a nuclear bomb because just there was nothing there. There, you know, you'd see some flags waving in the wind, a whole bunch of empty houses and, you know, just unnatural acts that were occurring in the, in the marketplace for sure. So your pivot was to school events and That's then, right. and then your customer helped you actually, actually wasn't a school customer says from Lockerbie and Hall, your customer said, we want to be able to put our name on the seat we were going to sit at. Yeah. So, so from that background, just to be super clear, what we provided at that, what we were looking to provide for schools was their big problem wasn't selling tickets. It was allowing friends to sit with friends. So how did you make it easy to give a graphical representation of where everybody was going to sit at that grad banquet? And the gentleman from Lockerbie and Hole, good friend of mine had for a lot of years, you know, basically he wanted to make his Christmas party different and we couldn't provide that solution for him because 
we had no, we didn't have any way of doing that, but it got, got myself and our team thinking about that so that when we got, went back to that school, when they said, look, this is our real problem. We're saying, look, give me a day. This is the deck that we've got. And they came back and said that this is exactly what we want to do. And we were about five years ahead of some of the larger folks in terms of being able to provide that in a very niche industry. You know, I was always bootstrapped in terms of my funding. So I didn't have a $50 million raise that I could go and just hire a whole bunch of people to figure things out. So for us, between the the financial crisis, the pivot in schools, it was something that we could niche ourselves. And, and, you know, our goal, our team's goal was to be the best in the world at that. We wanted to be best in the world at something on that basis. And graduations was something that we thought we could do. I, uh, I have to tell you, I'm finding this fascinating, but I really want to know about election buddy, but we're going to take another, and that's going to take another uh, podcast to itself. So, uh, Derek, can we have Mr. Bodnar Chuck back? Well, I was uh, expecting that this was this episode was a setup to uh, to get to election, buddy. And so we'll give Dave some homework, which is uh, we're talking about his next pivot on the next episode. Um, but I just want to just want to clarify: you didn't have any um, foreknowledge about why you should be kind of getting out of the uh, graduation business. Is that right? No, it was, it was very simple, right. In terms of that stuff, we'd, you know, there were some competitors that were adding, entering the space. I didn't feel that our, like, like that I could provide any a whole bunch of value. And I, quite frankly, Derek, I was just stretched too thin. I had to make a choice. It was either focusing on the school's business or focusing on election buddy. And the opportunity came by where a private equity group came and said, look, we think that this would be a really good fit. And I thought it was a pretty good home. Right. So that was the, that, that was the impetus. And that happened in you know September of 2018. We started that process in February of 2018. And, and uh, you know, so it took about six months to get there. And it's one of the more difficult things that I've done in my career you know, as an owner manager trying to figure out how to uh, navigate your ways and all the CPA training played a big role in that. So it was helpful, but no, I can't, I can't do that. I, you know, stuff, it was a little bit of planning, a little bit of preparation and, and it made sense to make the thing. And, but in terms of planning the growth or anything like that, nah, I, I, I can't take credit for that. I'd love to, but I can't. Well, what I want to do in our next episode is, let you take credit for what you can take credit for. And I want to explore the essential dynamics framework and how it fits the, the trajectory of election buddy and, and your ongoing quest. Love it. That's wonderful. Mr. Bodnar truck, where would people find you on the web if they wanted to get in touch with you? Electionbuddy.com. If you visit electionbuddy.com, that's the best place to go for a simple to set up high integrity cloud-based voting platform to allow member-based organizations like professional associations, homeowners associations, unions, and universities, along with religious groups to manage their board elections, bylaw amendments, or anything that they need to vote on. That's great. It's got my vote. Absolutely. Uh, well, that looks like a, that looks like a wrap for Central Dynamics at this time. Until next time, for Mr. Dave Bodnarchuk, I'm really glad. Derek, where can people find you if they, if, uh, they need to get in touch with you? DerekHudson.ca is the best way to track me down. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm Reed McCollum, your very handsome host. And for Bryn Griffiths in the studio, I just want to say, consider your quest. Yeah.